0: because in spirituality especially you know let's say people see that I don't know you know happiness is sort of not derived in the outside but it has to be something else and then we go into spirituality and we sort of try to unlearn many things or we try to you know calm our thoughts we try to do many things on an energetic level on a healing level and try to ask many things and somehow you know the body mind is trying to cope with life and it has some kind of success, and we feel like it's not that we we feel a bit happier, but somehow we we have a i don't know more subtle awareness, but somehow it still feels we're stuck you know in the, although it feels yeah nicer and maybe more light-hearted, but we still feel stuck, and that's sort of what I mean is like because we're staying in the movie, it's more like that instead of putting, a, you know, instead of seeing that we're on the screen, we just, instead of, let's say, there's a romantic comedy or I'm tired of my life movie, we put in a movie that says, oh, spirituality. But it's still a movie. And many times we forget that because, you know, there are so many um, people, like and especially when it comes to then let's say, spirituality, that we believe that the goals that we uh, go after, they are of they are higher or more honorable. But if you look at it just from the screen and movie perspective, they're not. It's like, whether I try to find happiness in you know, trying to meditate every day for two hours and only speaking about philosophy and spirituality and saying how, how much love I, I feel and unconditional love and bliss and so on. It it's not better on that level if Then if I have I don't know if I chase, money goes or if I chase, I don't know, just to be satisfied, you know, anything. So then I really think that's interesting because it happens a lot. you know, what we speak about here has nothing to do with self-improvement or with with trying to deal better with life in a way, as the action figure, as the character in the movie. And many times we you know we we confuse those because, we have learned to say, hey, look, this is who I am, the sense of self that I am, and I want to feel better in my skin. And then, you know how I always say, we, we want to feel better in that skin, um, not questioning who we truly are, and then we, we try to find the how. How can I feel better? Okay, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. Um, but then we miss the whole point, because the point is not to do self-improvement, but the point is to see that this sense of self, it's not even a self, it's not a thing. It's a sense of self that we want to improve because we feel a lack, right? We, we, feel, we feel, I don't know, there's something is missing. Something is, doesn't make sense. And so we try to fill that lack by improving what we believe, what we are. And that's self-improvement. And, and we know, I know from my experience, people who have been, I don't know, in self-improvement or whatever, we know that it's not possible to to leave that i don't know this world or this realm, this dimension in a healthy way you know some people they try to get out of this through drugs some people through sex some people through spirituality some people through their jobs we're always trying to find a relief because something feels really wrong and we try to get validation if we get validation maybe we feel good for a while but then life runs away from us you know so and then if life doesn't feel so good then we're looking for deeper meanings and and you know we try to find that in many different things but it's really important to see that this is not the point the point is not to start with something we presuppose that we have nothing to do with but to question exactly that and then the funny thing is then the solution is already there and it, it doesn't have to be produced like in the movie level, but it's already there. And, and yeah, that's the big, big point here. And here's a, here's a comment from Joy of East. Uh, how to desire, set goals and be spiritual because it's important to earn money. Yeah, um, exactly. That's exactly, you know, the, uh, it's a good question that we'll speak about like, the question itself says, you know, how to desire, how to set goals and how to be spiritual, because it's important to running. So in, in that, that's one of the core fallacies and the core confusions is like, as soon as we see ourselves asking the question, how can I get there? That means that comes from this sense of self that we have nothing to do with, but it's important not just to believe we are the sense of self, but it's important to see it in your own experience and to, because that's going to be the key, you know, just, just believing, like, let's say you believe you're this body, mind and the sense of self, and then just saying, oh, you know what? I just start believing that I'm not that. That doesn't work because that means the sense of self is believing that it's just changing of a belief, but it doesn't go far enough behind. So this, what we're talking about has nothing to do with how to, desire, how to set goals and how to be spiritual, but it's showing us that it, that it doesn't help us in any way to do all of those things. Meaning, and it's important here to see because the first reaction when we hear that is, oh, but if I stop caring about money, if I stop caring about my reputation, if I stop, if I stop having goals, then I will end up on the streets or, you know, I won't be leave, you know, living a good life in society. But that's exactly the, that's the confusion, because what we're speaking about here, we're not speaking about the body mind, because in my eyes, the body mind is the action figure in the movie, and it's taken care of. It's taken care of, like, for instance, like, you know, when it comes to decision-making, right? Many people, they struggle with decision-making and say, oh, I don't know which decision to take. Should I buy this house or should I rent? Should I take this job or should I not? And decision, like there are probably, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of decisions every day. And they're just happening automatically. Like, I don't know, it comes to, you know, which, with which leg do I get up? Do I get up on the right foot or the left foot? Do I first go to the bathroom or first go to have breakfast? You know, there's there's a thousands of decisions happening all the time and none of them are problematic. It's only problematic when we come in and say, oh, now there's a big decision and I don't know which one it is. So it's the mental activity coming in and taking over and saying, oh my God, this is a big problem. And then it's it's basically the mental activity coming in and making it a problem. Because what my point is, is that it's like an autopilot, you know, this action figure, this character in the movie that we take ourselves to be is going on on its own. It's like you have a script in a movie and it's written and it's going on. The The only reason why we're interested in what this action, what's going to happen to this action figure is because we are fully identified with it. And so it's not about trying to better the life of this action figure, but to lose interest in it. Because to lose interest, because we have nothing to do with it. But as as again, we hear this as the body-mind and then the reaction comes, oh, but I have to have goals, yes. And you look on the movie level, this action figure has goals. It has goals and follows them. What we're saying here is not to say, oh, don't have any goals. Yes, from the perspective of the screen, the screen has no goals at all, no desires. It's pure acceptance, it's love, it's joy. But what the action figure is, it's just an action figure. It's, it's a pixel on the screen and it, it follows goals. On that, you know, it's important to understand because that's, as I said, that's one of the biggest fallacies is to be able to differentiate those two things. When I say I have no goals, Then I speak from the screen. I don't speak from Benjamin because Benjamin has goals. Benjamin, he earns money. Benjamin, you know, wakes up. Benjamin goes to bed. Benjamin is born. Benjamin dies. But what we're saying here is Benjamin is going on his own course as the action figure, and we, I, have nothing to do with Benjamin. How much, you know, how much do you care about Benjamin? Like how much do you worry about what's going to happen tomorrow to Benjamin? Like zero, you have zero interest because it doesn't affect you and who you are. But if you think of, you know, I am, I don't know, Joe and I am Lisa and I'm whoever, and this is going to happen to, to me tomorrow, you have all the interest. And that's exactly the problem. Like there's an obsession. We identify ourselves with something that's that is affected by everything that's happening around it by society, by some virus, by money, by, you know, by the weather, by so many things. And we're only concerned with what's happening in the world and with this figure is because we believe it's a real thing and that will have an effect of who we are, you know? And yeah, and that's exactly, so the problem is not the action figure or the body-mind or money or society, But it's just, in a way, it's just to identify with something we have nothing to do with. And that's exactly the core problem. That's it. And, you know, it's so hard for us to see usually because it's so obvious. It's like the most obvious thing. It's like this example I give sometimes, you know, the fish in the water. If you see a fish and you say, hey, how's the water today? The fish would say, which water? I don't know what you're talking about. And that's exactly the same for us. If I say, hey, you know what, you're this joy, you're this love, you're this presence. It's like, invincible, nothing can ever touch it. You're like, what do you mean, I don't understand. But that's exactly the same with the fish, like the water. You're you're not just drenched in it, you are that light. You know, if it was the sun, you're not being shined on as an object, you are the sun, that's it. And what does it need to, you know, like what does it need to, like, to get there? Nothing, it's already happening so. You're the sun and you're shining on everything. Only because of you, the world exists. It's not like you are in the world and you're like some poor victim of the world that's happening around us, but you are that, that light that is needed for the world to exist. So everything relies on you and nothing, you don't rely on anything. So you are, your existence is enough on its own. And when, you know, when the only time when you say, hey, you know what, I, I understand it when I hear it, but I really don't, it's not my experience. That's just the thought that you put all your trust in, much more trust than when the screen whispers to you. Um, and here's a comment from, from Ilaria, you can't grasp that rationally. Exactly, you cannot. What we always do is we, you know, we, we walk around and we try to put the net of thoughts and try to grasp and understand everything. This is much more a no, a not, like a not, it's knowing and to not knowing. So knowing is everything we can grasp and we try to understand everything. But what we're speaking about here is a not knowing. And that's a tough one for us because we this like we're so conditioned to always know, okay, I need to know this, I need to know this. But this this need to know something, if you really follow that back, it's not more yeah, nothing more than a fear in a way. It's a vibration of fear. Because we only want to know to feel secure on some level. Like if for instance, look, let's say somebody is successful, a friend is successful, or somebody you know. And you'll be like, oh, how, how did you, you know, you know them, and you know, maybe they're just like you. And they become very successful. So you're like, oh, how did you do it? Or what did you do? Because you only ask, you're very curious about this, because you want to know how you can become like this. Because maybe you feel like you're missing out, or, you know, you could do better than what you're doing. But this is, yeah, uh, this is just fear-based. Um, and we don't have to be in this. We don't have to know anything, because what we're speaking about here has a lot to do with unlearning. It's not about learning, it's unlearning. So many beliefs, so many conditioning, so many things we believe are true, and it's much more unlearning. And it's in a way, there's like this space, it's an emptiness, right? So I think some Buddhists, they would describe it as an emptiness. It's an empty space, it's the formless. And only because we are that empty space, awareness is taking place. Awareness cannot be a thing, it cannot be perceived. It's an empty thing, and within that empty thing, you know, we're able to perceive that. If we were a thing, we wouldn't be able to perceive another thing, another object. But what we're doing all day, and that's, in a way it's a sad thing, but in a way also funny thing, is we objectify who we are all the time. And you know, you hear in media to so say, oh, it's wrong to objectify women, or it's wrong to objectify whatever. And, but the funny thing is that this is exactly how we believe or how we live our lives constantly. We objectify ourselves and then we complain that certain people are being objectified. But all of this is objectified. And as I said, my definition of object is anything we can perceive. So, and I include obviously all the five senses, but also thoughts and feelings because usually We have the objects and we have thoughts and feelings and we say, oh, thoughts and feelings is like the ultimate, you know, witness. But once we see that we can go and also perceive feelings and thoughts, and we can also be aware of the perception, that's where reality is, is, you know, that's where we are. And, and this is important to see, like. Yeah, I always come back to, to you know, to the realm of thoughts, because I believe that thoughts are like, I mean, so intrinsic in every day's life. But I believe that we're like very, we're beginners when it comes to thoughts. Because, I don't know, there's no license, you know, to like, you know, there's a license to drive, but there's no license to think. And I think It's it's immense because what I see, what I observe is that there's most people are hypnotized by thoughts without knowing it. And that's the danger in a way, because what's happening is there's around 70,000 thoughts every day. And when it comes to, let's say even here, look, when it comes to say, hey, you know, I I sort of resonate with what you're talking about, but I can only understand it intellectually, but it's not, it's not my experience. What does that mean? I'm saying it is your experience full on, but what's happening is that something in you is giving more trust and more yeah belief or faith in your belief system than in what you truly are, because that voice is very loud and but that's it. you know that's one of the key things. So just see for yourself how much you trust your thoughts, just see it whenever it comes to a decision or when it comes to the question of who am i do you trust and put your faith in what famous people say what your parents said what your teachers say what is a common sense of society or do you use your first-hand experience to see okay you know do you just ask yourself the question who am i and you listen to the different voices but for us, it's almost become impossible to do that, to use our own thinking or to, to be able to question the status quo. It's impossible for for ninety nine point nine percent of the people. It's impossible, and that's the reason in my eyes that we are so enslaved to thoughts. Because you know, thoughts. I mean, if you just if you were able to to neutrally observe thoughts that from those seventy thousand thoughts that we have every day. How much bullshit is there? There's so there's so much bullshit in thoughts, and you know, we, it doesn't even come to us this bullshit because we we hold them to be our thoughts, and we pretend like we are we are really special and we're really great, and we would never think bad thoughts. You know, even now when you catch yourself, be like, oh no, but not me. Others maybe, yeah, yeah, but me, no, I never have those thoughts. But that's the point that to be able to accept that there's maybe 80% bullshit and how many thoughts do you need to navigate through everyday life? Like how many? Maybe, I don't know, maybe 20 would be enough. Let's say 50 at most, but there's 70,000 and those 70,000 thoughts, they drive you crazy. And you complain about society and, you know, and other people who said this and this, but guess what? It's not that somebody else calls you idiot that puts you down. But it's those thousands and thousands of thoughts that come after somebody calls you idiot, you're like, oh, maybe it's true, maybe I am an idiot. And who where where does that voice come from? It's it's sort of perceived in your head. But when it's perceived in your head, it doesn't mean it's you. And that's exactly that's super important to understand that thoughts are neither about you nor from you. The only reason why why we give so much importance to Thoughts is exactly that. We think me, 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 me. But just entertain, you know, that maybe thoughts are not from you and about you. And guess what? One is you would have no interest in thoughts. And that's in my, in my eyes, the only immunity you can have to thoughts. Because as soon as you believe they are from you or about you, that's it. Because they will they will take you to levels you have no clue. I mean, yeah, we have a clue about it. We, we see this every day. They will make you believe things that will never happen. If you just think, about, just think about all your worries that you have always had, and just think about how many of these things actually happened. You know, if I look at my life, when I look at all those worries and then the things actually happened, probably 1%, I don't know, maybe 2 You see, so we put our trust into a system that completely failed us and we continue doing it because we somehow we think we haven't thought positively enough for, but it doesn't even come to our mind because it's so far away. And one other thing is, you know, somehow we believe that we are the thinker of thoughts. It's It's a crazy, insane thing that we believe. If that was the case, like, I, you know, I can, or we can just take this off the table by just saying one thing. If it was the case that we were the thinker of thoughts, we could think anything we wanted at any given time. And we could also decide not to think anything for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And whose experience is that? I have never met anyone because it's not that case, you see? And and yeah, that's that's exactly the whole point of this. You see that that just by taking a deeper look into who we are, uh, that's enough to become aware of something as close as thoughts, which you know we go through every day, but we we never take the time to actually look at what's happening. We we what we do is we argue about the content of thoughts and you know this person thinks a this other person thinks b and this is not true but we're so lost so deeply lost in that that we we lose energy and emotions and and we yeah a lot of time is wasted and arguments are happening for something that that you know is so far away from what we have anything to do with it's it's hilarious in a way uh, here's a common child ease. I can be happy and peaceful at home without seeking any pleasure, but I can be peaceful at workplace. Yeah, so again, you know, I would say that what we take ourselves to be the sense of self, it can be happy in certain circumstances, in certain situations. So what it does, the sense of self, it tries to avoid all the bad things that could happen and plan. We plan our life accordingly. And we try to attract only all the good things that can happen to us. And, and then of course, then there are certain situations, especially at home. It's like, almost like you know, when you do yoga on the yoga mat in the very protected environment, um, everything is fine and it's quite easy to calm down, right? But when, when we go to work in an office or you know, we meet our family or whoever, then it's much harder for the action figure to stay calm, as you say. But what we're talking about is, we're speaking about a piece here that is beyond that. So what you're explaining is a, is a coin that has a, the good and the, the bad stuff. And what we're talking about is that peace that we are talking about here is, is not within this ram. It's one ram behind it that can never lose its peace. What you're talking about is, the sense of self, it can gain and lose peace. But what I'm talking about here is, it's a peace that does not know not peace. That's, that's the only true peace that exists and that's who we are. That's important to see. It's not something you have to produce by trying to avoid all the negative things and try to attract all the good things. But this is something given. But again, the confusion stems from, I am this body-mind, the body-mind goes through ups and downs, positives and negatives. And so I, will, uh, so I will go through positives and negatives. That's just by nature. There's no human being that never suffers. And it's probably every day that the body-mind suffers. That's how it is. Some people more, some people less. There's also, of course, a lot of love and joy and pleasure. But it's extremely limited, and as soon as we identify with that, as soon as we take this virtual step into the movie as a character in the movie, the peace is gone. It's just a matter of time. But somehow, we believe we're so special, and we will be the first human being on earth that will be able to be in the movie and play this action figure and be peace all the time and be unconditional love and never say a bad word about anything anybody but you see that's exactly the confusion that's like let's say the attributes of the formless that we already are in the timeless space is acceptance is unconditional love is joy beyond knowing a second there is no separation at all what we take ourselves to be the attributes is I want to understand everything I want to be the best I think I can you know I claim everything I have a free will and I can be happy as this action figure. So you see, when we speak about acceptance or about this unconditional love, the action figure can try very, very hard to, be, to show unconditional love to friends and to people and so on. But then it probably stops when, you know, when they meet their mother-in-law or something, We're like okay, now I have to stop. I can't, be, I can't show love to her or somebody hates you. We're like no, now I have to be strong and you know defend myself and my rights, but unconditional love means there is a love without condition, and that's exactly there is no condition. It's like the blue sky and you know the blue sky and the clouds. The blue sky is always blue. It's unconditional love, but the clouds they represent you know, feelings or moods. And there will always be a cloud in the sky. So it's not about trying to get rid of all the clouds. It's just seeing that you have nothing to do with the clouds because what you are is way beyond that, like in, on so many levels. So there's a question uh, on Instagram: Can unconditional love be perceived? That's a good question. So what you are is the perceive, uh, What you are is the perceiver. So there's the perceiver. There's the perceived and the perceiving. So I would say it's not like that we can perceive unconditional love because then it would be a form thing, but what I believe in is that unconditional love can be expressed. So it's like, I think the best thing that can happen within the movie is that you're coming from this unconditional place, from the formless, from the screen, what you truly are, and you're bringing this in a way you bring this quality into the world of form and you, it's like going back and coming back into the form. So you have tasted the formulas in a more conscious way and you bring it back into the world, but already by bringing it back into the world, it gets diluted. But yes, I think that's possible because funnily, you know, when we lose interest in this action figure, we we understand for the first time what unconditional love is and then Somehow the action figure gets a grip of it or it brings it back into the world, you really know, in a way. And it's a paradox because if you try to take yourself so seriously and try hard to really get somewhere with that, you actually go back, you know, you, you lose yourself in this. But the more, in a way, you let go of this action figure and lose interest in it, the more love comes. So it's a really a paradox. So here is a question from Marwa on Zoom. Does it matter how to transcend the limitations of the thoughts and create a reality independently from the thoughts we have? So again, for everyone, does it matter how to transcend the limitations of the thoughts and create a reality independently from the thoughts we have? So, I mean, I'll answer. Maybe you can also, you know, speak. Uh, if i if i didn't answer properly because i'm not sure i fully understand so i think in a way you know transcendence in my eyes is as i said in a way i mean i know transcendence is a big term and you know i think there's also some truth to it but i would keep it simpler and say hey there's nothing you have to transcend because you would only need to transcend something if you do like a transformation and i think this is one of the biggest fallacies that we try to become the screen as a character in the movie. And that's impossible. And so I would not call it a transcendence of thoughts, but I would call it a seeing that I am different from thoughts. What I am is different from thoughts and seeing that, that is probably a transcendence for you. And then, is it important to create a reality independently from thoughts? Again, I would say there's nothing we have to produce because what we already are is always so right now because we only have this production thing that we have to produce something. It only comes from, under, from believing or pretending that we are in time, something in time because I come here, you know, to the, to the analogy of the symbolism, the symbolism of the cross, like, forget any kind of religions, there's like this book which, which describes it beautifully. It's basically, it tells you there's a, you know, the horizontal axis is basically the, in time, it's the becoming process. So I believe, you know, I was born, I am here right now and I will die at some point. So it's like always going on, And here, I have to produce everything. So I'm not good enough, so I have to get confidence and then I will be good enough. Or I have fears, I need to get rid of my fears, and then once I get rid of my fears, I will be fine. So this is always the becoming well, let's say happiness. I'm single now, and once I have a partner, I will be happy. Or I live in rent right now. If I buy a house, I will be happy. So that's the becoming rent, right? meaning I'm not, I'm letting something now, but one day I will be able to fill it. And that's a big focus. but that's happening. That's happening anyway. That's sort of the nature of thoughts is exactly on that. And then there's the vertical axis, which is the timeless formless space that we always are. It's the presence. And the presence is not a moment in the timeline, but it's the presence that is beyond time. It does not know time. And this is always available to us. But you know what we do is we believe that we can produce our happiness or just even, even we, b- we believe that we can produce being present. You know, we have those thoughts of, oh, you know what? I believe that the more I will be present in the moment, the happier I will be. So we change that idea of saying, I need to be more in the moment. But you see, that's a hoax because you already are in the moment. It's not possible to ever not be in the moment. It's not possible. But something in you, the thoughts will say no, but it's my experience, I can feel it, I'm not in the moment. Yes, when you're like, you know, stuck to the thought process, the thought process is never in the moment. That's always going to the back, and to the past and to the future, to the past and the future. So it's just because you have identified with, the thought process and the mental activity, that's why you believe you are seemingly not in the moment, but it can never happen. You can never not be moved because guess what? You are the moment, you are that formless non-thing that's always so right now. But the only thing that keeps you seemingly away from that is your belief, putting your faith in the belief system and thoughts, telling you, hey, you know what. Thomas, you cannot be there yet. It's not possible. One day you will get there, but you're not there yet. You're not ready yet. So it's just a shifting of the attention to believing all those thoughts that come and shifting it over, You know, moving the attention to something else that you already are. Um, so I don't know if I answered your question or not, but you can also unmute yourself and talk about it if you want.
1: Yes, yes. I, I, I was just looking for any kind of stream of thought on this i don't think there is the answer it's a it's not a, it's not a yes or no or how or what and a question it's just that uh, i don't know if it's smart I, you were saying something earlier about uh you know we're not our thoughts uh, they don't come from us they don't belong to us uh, neither one belongs to the other etc but i am a bitch to my thoughts. It's like any human being who is honest to himself. And so, I'm asking myself if there is any way or any way of thinking that could free oneself, at least for a moment. Not an escape, not a flight, not a a fake freedom from thoughts. You know, like you said, I agree. You know, in the wellness of a cozy yoga place, yes, everything's good. In the middle of a war, or like victor Frankl in his book. Um, um in the middle of a Nazi concentration camp freeing yourself from your thoughts and acting out of freedom of thinking is a totally different challenge and I don't think I am at that level of mastery of my being or of my thoughts at all I don't even know what it would mean or I don't know where to start at all and even know, if I meditated for the next 1000 years
0: and you know it's a great start so the best start you can have is what you said is I'm you know I think I'm so attached or I'm enslaved to my thoughts. That's the first step to entertain the possibility because what happens usually is, is, you know, it's a denial. It's a resistance, a denial. Like if most people hear that and say, hey, you are enslaved to your thoughts, you are like, no, no, no. I am in control of my thoughts, okay? But, you know, the denial is the first, is, is, is the biggest thing that will keep you away from actually experiencing it. As I said, your experience is anyway, but in your imagined experience, it's not the case. And so that's a very important first step, not to deny it and say, hey, you know what, I'm fucked. I've, I trust some thought, like 70,000 thoughts a day, 80% of them are just recycled from yesterday. And that's an, a very important first step to say, yes, it's true. But guess what, because when we come closer to that, not you, you are not stuck to thoughts because what you are is the blue sky at any given time. You are the screen. So it's like saying, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck to my thoughts, but that's not you. You see, that's, that will come later. That But the first step is to see, yes, I'm stuck to my thoughts. I'm enslaved and I don't know any way out. That's the first step. It's a very important step because I would say 99% of people, they are so stuck to their thoughts And they have no idea about it, and they claim they're not. So that's like ignorance. And that's that, if with that ignorance, you can never go anywhere. You can just, you can just, yeah, then you have to meditate for 20 years, and even then, you have like a very small improvement. So that's the first step. And then, something very practical you can do, maybe we do that, because I believe in. You know you shouldn't believe me anything i say it's it's about your first hand experience so like what helps is if you just let's say you sit comfortably and it's like i would just say i would call it it's like sitting sitting still so you just sit still you get you relaxed in some way and you just put yourself in like an observing role like a witness and in a way you have to, it's important to forget anything you know about yourself or you think you know about yourself, you see? So if, if in a first step, this is hard for you, which for many people it is. In India, for instance, they use mantras, you know? So mantra is something, is a sentence. It's maybe made for you, but it could be anything that you focus your mind on. Because what scientists, you know, have also seen and why meditation works in some way, is that our attention can only be on one thing at a time so multitasking is an illusion because it can only be at one thing at a time and that you can use for yourself Say i put my attention only on breathing so let's say you sit still and all of your attention goes on breathing in, breathing in breathing out and that will help you to at least you know get a bit out of this full identification so as i said as a beginner this will help and then there's other things you know like you can also um yeah like putting your attention on your body level or like for instance you know when you go out in nature when you just walk in nature uh you will you will have fewer thoughts or they won't be as intense so in a way and what's important with that is. Some kind of, because usually what's happening is, you know, we're so stuck on this thought process that as you said, we're so, we're like a victim of that. And so what's important is to create this space because there's like a glue. It's like, this is who we are and this is the thought process. And it feels like it's a glue because this is going on its own and there's something else. So it's, it's important to create the space. And then, as I said, this you can create by, also by something saying, you know what? Thoughts are just running automatically, whether you interfere or not. So see who is the one that interferes or not interferes. And also see, for instance, that because thought, you are aware of thoughts, that means you have to be different from thoughts. Otherwise, you would not be able to be aware of them. Meaning, if your tongue was made of salt, and I would put salt on your tongue, you wouldn't taste it because the same cannot perceive or taste the same. And it's the same with thoughts. You're aware of thoughts because you are different from thoughts and that's an important step. So, you know, actually it's funny because I'm also working on a course actually give like an online course about exactly that because, because I think it's one of the elements, you know, I always say there's nothing to be done in a way as a screen because it's done. And as the action figure, you cannot become the screen. But there are a few elements like thoughts to become a bit more aware and through some practical exercises and to let go of some very strong beliefs we have. I think it's possible to create this space. And I think it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's important, I think. So I hope that sort of explains it a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's, as I said, really one of the huge topics in society. I mean.
1: Yes, it is a huge topic for me. And uh, maybe even a life transforma- transforming topic because I just uh, just took the decision to focus on it. I don't see why it shouldn't be possible. And so um, I've been learning from practices of my youth, from inspired from the Sufis, where they have this practice of not for the purpose of detachment from the body or something. They don't go, that's not the Sufi way. They're not in about transcendence and embracing the big universe or something. But the, their motivations are different. That's a topic for a different discussion, maybe. But they focus a lot on creation, on nature, for example. They will just look at a mountain and it will just not need anything in a moment more than just praising mighty God for them in their, in their belief, uh, for the majestic. Uh, the fact that this is how majestic this mountain is and they will focus on all nature and creation around this mountain and days could go by. They wouldn't see anything else. They would just drink water and that's not something they do because it's their practice or because it's their meditation or something. Over time, when I was a kid, I would see some of these guys who have been doing this for 20, 30 years being completely detached from anything from reality. I mean, that's their decision. That's their... That's. I, mean, I wouldn't call this wisdom or a higher sense of set. it's just their decision i respect them for it but they do get into that state it's not a state it's who they become and so it must be possible
0: and you know that the the problem with thoughts is that as i said thoughts are not a problem but our attachment to that and you know thoughts they will convince you of the craziest and most insane things in the world they will tell you you're wasting your time like a thought has the power to tell you you're wasting your time and you believe that thought and then instead of actually, you know, letting go of thoughts, you will actually go deeper into them. So it's almost like it's an addiction and they, the addiction itself, it will try to, you know, stay alive and pull you deeper in. So it's a, it's a totally insane thing like because, yeah, because we put our trust in it and, but it's important also to see that That, you know, you don't have to change your thoughts or you don't have to, uh, on another level, you don't have to change anything. It's just to see that you have nothing to do with them. And, and, you know, the the best thing that can happen is to lose interest in them because you're only glued to them because you think it's about you. That's the only reason. And they're from you and about you. And that's that's why your interest is there. Um, But yeah, if you see that... From that perspective, you see that it's a it's a totally insane thing. It's almost like a tick. When you see that from this perspective of the screen, you would think that these people are completely insane like let's say if an alien came on earth and they would see that these people like you know it wouldn't require much to enslave them it's just enough to to do a lot of propaganda and that's that's what's happening you know like it's the easiest thing to to uh, yeah to control people it's it's the easiest thing i mean we saw now with this whole you know situation how fast you know the governments can act and and you know how fast people are adjusting to it you know uh, but forget this this crisis it's like happening every day all the time and yeah i would also say you know understanding or having, let's say, a healthy relationship with thoughts, it's, uh, it will change your life completely, and the thing is, you know, as I said, nobody is, is trying to do that or doing anything about it because of this first denial that we spoke about, because we say, no, no, I'm okay, I'm, maybe some other people, they have worries, but no, no, I'm okay, I, I'm, uh, I'm full, full control of my thoughts, so yeah, anyway let me see there's a few more comments um joy of ease is saying how to stop seeking happiness and i know i'm already happiness itself how to stop seeking happiness is is i think one of the biggest things is to see that happiness cannot be found outside and you have each one of us has plenty of examples for that how many times you know, did we think, okay, when I get this object, this car, or this wife, or this husband, or this car, uh, this education, when I'm finally done with it. And it's like very small things during the day even. You know, when I, once I'm home, I'll just relax and sit down. So in a way, we're always like a carrot that we hold in front of us. So we're always trying to seek happiness, and then we believe somehow we will be relieved once we achieve it. But you can see it has failed you again and again, not just you, but me, everyone. And that's a great thing because it shows you that happiness is not to be found by reaching a goal or by achieving something. But, you know, so if you really truly look into what's happening, let's say, because you would say, "Hey, you know what, when I had this ice cream and I was eating it, I was happy for five minutes. Or when I bought this new house, I was really excited for one year but then something happened. So the happiness is not derived by acquiring an object or a situation, but it's by this release of desire. So by giving up the desire, once you have acquired an object, the desire will go away for some time. And that causes this content, not acquiring something. And so the, when you see that you cannot, Derive happiness by in the outside, that will stop seeking happiness in the outside. That's the only way. I mean, there's maybe other ways. So Simran Dugal is saying so being in moment is feeling the present exactly as it is, with no judgment. Yeah. It's like as I said earlier, there's the vertical and there's the horizontal. And you know, when we try to be in the moment and not judge as the action figure, we will always fail because the action figure part of the movie is to judge and compare. But so when we try to become that as the action figure, it's not possible, but what we already are right now is no judgment and it's the present moment. And In a way, you can cheat yourself and say, you know what, I go into this non-judgment and non-comparing and I will not just give it attention. That can also work. So in a way, it can bring you down in a way, but only in a very limited way. Formless Shapes is uh, asking, are feelings also an illusion like thoughts are? Um, So it's important, you know, to see that Not certain things in this world are illusions and some are real. Let's say the body mind is real and thoughts are illusions or feelings are illusions and this table is real. But it's important to see that everything that can be perceived is an illusion on that level. It's like the best example I can give you is, you know, let's say you're sleeping in your bed tonight and you're dreaming and then a dream world is being created, right? There's a dreaming happening and So if I said in this dream world, thoughts are illusions, but the other things are not, that wouldn't work because the whole dream world is complete illusion. Why is it an illusion? Because it does not have an existence on its own. That dream world depends on this person sleeping. And that's why we would call it an illusion, right? So it's important not to say I am the real as the body, mind and the feelings are illusions. So it's important to take the whole package. And here's another comment or question, Joy of Ease is saying, but an action figure can't take identity on screen. Exactly. The action figure, so this, this analogy that we have, that, you know, we're the screen, which is the formless, and the movie is happening as the form, and what we take ourselves to be is an action figure. The action figure can never become the screen because it's sort of happening in parallel in a way. It's an unfolding, it's an unfolding of it. So we are the screen, but the good thing is, why would we be so concerned whether the action figure would be able to become the screen or not? Only when we are identified with the action figure. But when we see that we are the screen, but it's also important to see that we are in this process of becoming, trying to become the screen as the action figure. And when we see that, that it's a failed system, it will help us to give up that path and see that what we are already where we want to go. And that's important. So here in Zoom, there are a few more comments. Hilaria uh, Ilaria saying, well, we expect and we want to have control. Yeah, exactly. So, that action figure one of the attributes is to expect and to have control and to understand everything so it's not about trying to let that go because you cannot it's more like about seeing that you have nothing to do with that. it's like in a way let's take the example of let's say you're listening to a radio right and uh, so instead of changing the radio channel or station you would in a way instead of putting your attention on the speaker, you would move your attention you know, to, I don't know, the weather or I don't know, some, something else. So it's more like a moving of attention because that voice will always be there. And that's important because the more we try to let go of control and the more we try to let go of expectations, the more we will give that action figure reality. And that's really important because, yeah, most people in spirituality, they hear, oh, unconditional love is really important and they try to practice unconditional love, although what they are is unconditional love already. So that's like a trick that we play. And here, um, another question from Maru is, yeah, Sufis have really very interesting practices as I have found in Exeter. Yeah, exactly, like there's, you know, the, the truth is pointed to in many, many different forms. I mean, even some of the big religions, or you know, some spirituality, or I don't know, in everyday life. You know, there are so many pointers towards that, towards what we talk about here. But yeah, if we take it all as the action figure, we will just, we will just make it a thing again, and then we try to achieve it, and and we are stuck in that cycle. So. Again, you know, the main thing here that in a way, you know, saves a lot of time and the time plane, is to see that what you're looking for is already what you are. And not just what you think you are, but what you already are. And that, that's the one thing that is enough to always come back to that because what's happening during the waking hours is exactly that, there's like a stimuli a thought coming and saying, hey, I show you how to be really happy. You're like, oh my God, I really needed this. And then you jump onto that path and then it's gone. And you will again be lost. Or again, something will tell you, oh, I show you how to live the moment. And you go on this path and you again. So it's about being immune in a way, staying in that peace that you already are and not jumping onto those little things that are happening constantly. And, yeah, that's, I think, one of the important things. So, yeah, on Instagram, uh, there's, I guess we should know everything is already fine whatsoever. Exactly. So on the one level, it's important to see hey, everything is cool, everything is fine, there's nothing to be done. And on the other level, it's important not to confuse that with the action figure, because there's always something to do for the action figure, and there's ups and downs and so on. So it's not to deny that. It's just to embrace that in a way. To say, hey, yeah, this is happening, but I have nothing to do with it. So anyway, we're closing the Instagram here because it's stopping anyway. So thank you guys for your questions and comments. Uh, See you next time every Monday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Swiss time. And and yeah, for Zoom, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Unless we have any other questions, I can uh, unmute everyone. Any questions or? It-
1: Thank you very much. Uh, very inspiring. Uh, Thank you. And uh, yeah, see you next time. <laughs> Thanks a lot so for yeah, the inspirational so- talk.
0: Artist- so yeah, and uh, yeah, with the thoughts, it's really. It's great you have this realization, you know that that you're stuck to them because that's the first step. And it may be frustrating sometimes because you may have the awareness, oh yeah, shit, you know I'm stuck to them, but I cannot do anything about it. But just stay in a trust that awareness will sort of do its job because the more, of it, the more you catch catch that in the moment that you're, you know, you are sort of stuck to them the more this will come from a place that's different from it so yeah
1: i think uh, yes uh, i'm just looking for a simple way to maybe just ignore them because ignore them when i choose to be. i don't think there is any magical or genius solution to this other than trying to be the master of oneself by at least deciding when or not to listen to oneself oneself is not like some wonderful princess and you should always follow her desires and uh, whatever i think is relevant or something because i just notice how ridiculous it is to listen to one's thoughts <laughs> just yeah. they play with me sometimes it's not even yeah. they, they can be if they were beating i would say mm, thoughts might can be evil sometimes but they they neither evil nor good nor anything it's just it's me who's dumped to yeah, play, exactly. play play ping yeah. pong along
0: thoughts they have no power at all only if you seemingly give them the power and then And then you will see, because it's insane, because as you said, you know, they will tell you the craziest things ever. And if you are able to listen purely in a neutral way and pretend like they're not your thoughts as a first step, and when you are able, then you actually, you know, you're able to see what they will tell you it's totally insane you will like it's just ridiculous the only the only reason why you think they're not insane is because you hold them to be yours and of course you don't want to be insane right and it's it's no judgment in there it's just hilarious it's really hilarious i mean they
1: they probably play back many deep processes going on and also a lot of the input from the outside because of course i could be thinking hey let's not be delusional let's not be crazy if these guys are criticizing this part of your work or this part of your behavior, you—it's of course up to you to decide. But of course, when do you know what is truth, when is not? When do you know what is rational, when is not? When do you know so what you let into your capacity to process? The
0: best—the best thing to uh, do is to any thought that comes and and see that this is not—it has nothing to do with you or the truth. So you have to be radical. That's in my eyes is the only way because you cannot say, "Oh, I listen to them; they are the truth, and the others are not." Yeah, it's like an exercise you know what you do is you you say hey none of these thoughts are mine and you really i don't know you can do it on a sunday or whenever you you have some time and you this step is important and then you realize hey they're not none of them are mine and then
2: yeah
0: somehow they come back and you know it's like then they they become like a tool that you use because right now they're your master yeah yeah yeah, as a master thoughts they do a really horrible job but as a tool to use, they're very useful, you know? So. But uh, my, my point is,
1: there is, there's two sides to this. You know, of course, it would be wonderful if one is once master enough to use thoughts as a true, I don't wanna say weapon, but as a tool uh, towards whatever you wanna go. But of course, I gotta be able to make a difference between emotions and thoughts. So for example, if I push this thinking to the extreme, I might become a full psychopath because I would say, I'm not in love with these girls, just my thoughts. So I'm just going to do whatever I think is good yeah. for me. So I got to find this um, healthy balance. I got to find, I, I think it's in it in us. I think it's instinctively in us. Otherwise we'd all be running around like crazy psychopaths doing of course you know in some industry sectors that's what they do and and politicians sometimes that's what they
0: do but i don't know that's debatable but just see also you know all of those things that you just said they're all happening in thoughts so don't listen to it but you know i think we learn
2: uh we learn during our life um that the more we think the more we are intelligent you know so we, there is this idea that if, if we have good thoughts, we are an intellectual, we are, um, we are a good person. I mean, we, are, we have value, you know? So, um, so there is a, a lot of importance on the rational thinking. So if, 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 um, if you are very good at thinking and finding solutions and all this stuff, So uh, it seems that you are better than other people that maybe think less than you. So you keep on learning this and at a certain point you realize that there's something wrong. So, So that's, I think... So that's the point in unlearning as we're saying.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I unlearned that a long time ago. And believe me, I have a PhD in computer science and artificial intelligence. So it, I don't have any complex with thinking. But I learned just by observation that the people, it's not a law, but you could say it as a law of averages. I've noticed that a lot of the people who were thinking much less had much better effects. I don't want to say a much better life because it's too extreme, it's too absolute, but much better effects on yeah. their behavior, their well-being, their lightness, their aura, their attitude towards life, towards incidents, towards others. They were also liked more by, somehow by life. They attracted more good, I cannot quantify, I'm not there the whole time with them, but that's my perception, of course, it's also. But it cannot be... So that the more you think, the better your results are. That's definitely not the case for me. And I can give a thousand counter examples from my own life. So that one,
0: uh, <laughs> for me, that's a given. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's true. You know what Ilaria says? is true in a way. It's because we, it's like a noble thing, you know? Like, like our value system says, you know, if you're intelligent, if you're able to think, then you get validation from society. And that's why we think, oh, yeah, it's a good thing to do. But yeah, what you say, Maros, is, is exactly the same because it's very frustrating. I feel like as well, you know, the more intelligent or even like business managers, you know, they, they struggle with that the most because it's very active. And the more, yes, active, yeah. the harder it becomes.
1: I don't even want to use the word intelligent anymore or smart or something. I, I just look at the, the, the cr- most creative, the most powerful spirits we've known. I mean, Dostoevsky, whatever. I mean, all the great philosophers, um, Al-Khawrizmi, all these guys, they were tortured souls. And this is just a way to put it in some poetic form. But I care about the real thing. And I project myself through time and space into their souls. And I'm thinking, it cannot be that nice. Because if I think about what thoughts can do to me, if these guys have written so much and expressed so much, and this transmits and blood bleeds through the words, how must it have felt inside of them? So, So maybe it's the power of existence that we have those thoughts. And you cannot judge the quality of life of somebody just by listening to the sauce and looking at what they do. You got to be inside of their soul to know how much they get out of life. It's like cooking. Some cooking is spicy and awesome, like Moroccan food or something. Some cooking is just despicable, like British cooking, you know, but it's not their fault. It's what they know. Who knows how it tastes to them until they encounter Moroccan food for the first time? And that only does their their, uh, um, uh, frame of uh values change it's completely extended and changed but before they extended and changed it maybe it tasted just as much i don't know <laughs> that's, that's how crazy this gets into my head and that's when i think when do i stop thinking and where do i get back to the basics you know I'm, I'm from morocco and we have a saying in morocco we say if you get lost in thinking sit your ass down that's what <laughs> that's uh, uh just <laughs> sit down and stop thinking but, you know, I don't think that's as easy as centuries ago when this proverb has emerged. But anyways, you know, well, I think it you must know, be.
0: There are things to be done. And yeah, but it's, it's a, for me, it's a mix of some practices of sitting still and this kind of things. And also a lot of understanding of what we're not. I think the combination works very well.
1: So, some understanding. I, I just am curious about some practices that I've encountered as a kid that I only start reflecting on as an adult and trying to understand. Uh, people who just to teach their we call it the discourse with oneself. So in our in our culture we distinguish between the person and her soul, her spirit, her mind, but also herself. The self is something you can call it the ego if you want. That's the closest term I found in the Western literature. And so they were always in constant dialogue with this ego, with this self, and they would do weird stuff just as like teaching it manners, or teaching it patience, or teaching it to when to stand still by. Sometimes, when it annoys them, they would just go and eat a pinch of salt that 's it and after some time after some months or years they, they would they would just tell you yes I've, I've as soon as I have this desire to make it stop thinking, I just think about salt and it just stops and, and it 's just strange stuff that these guys have been doing, but I, I know from our literature that it worked. This is some commonly accepted it just sounds weird in our day and age, but in um, 12 centuries ago 10 centuries ago 9 centuries ago it was common practice
0: yeah exactly and we have yeah, we have you know lost touch with that because so many other things are more important anyway guys sorry I have to go now but thanks a lot thank you for joining bye bye we'll see you next time see you next time bye 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 bye